This is the Gambling Gauchos. If we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn music. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need. Money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, The Money Line Matadors. The Casino Cowboys. The Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. We also have Money Mainville and a new guest star today, Brandy Addison, the Ag. I don't, don't want to mess it up. The Ag reporter for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal here to talk about cotton exports and what that means to the bowl game. And we'll pick some bowl games too. We'll air our grievances. I know Kyle has a lot of grievances for me personally. Uh, and maybe beyond, so we'll get to that as well. Uh, people already in the chat saying how festive it is. It's very festive, very Christmassy. Get the Christmas background. We're in the Cardinals Sports Center studio. If you want to join in, you can. Somebody, somebody else has just joined. Who's AD? AD has joined. I don't know who that is. I don't know where they got the link. I am gonna assume that is my boss. Oh, he wants to join in. He's joining at this point. He told me to send him a link, so he's joining. Oh, who, he, so, said he's, he said he's reserving his night to hear me talk sports. That's how well, qualified okay. I am. Okay. Let's do this. I'm going to send him the, the – tell him to go to gamblinggauchos, uh, twitch.com slash gamblinggauchos. Okay. That way he can get into it. Sorry. Per- no, that's fine. That's perfect. The more the merrier there. No, uh, I meant for the kid. <laughs> Her too. Cardinal Sports Center Studio, if you want to gear up for the holidays, you can. You can go to Cardinals Sports Center on 68th and Slide or online, mycardinalsports.com, and get your gear for holidays. Kyle, Mary, Mainville, Brandy, how are y'all doing? Good. Can I ask a question of the ag reporter? Yes. yes. Do you know about, do you know about Baiju? Baiju? Yeah. Is this a joke? No. Is this a play on words? No, what is Baijiu? No, no, no. It's um, it's a type of liquor. It's actually the most consumed. Oh, liquor. so it's, it comes from sorghum. Yeah. 
I do know that. Okay, so I thought it was like a play on words for like Joe Biden. Like, bye, Joe. No. Bye, no, Joe. We, we don't do politics on here. Okay. Anyway, I was I was only asking because you're like one of the few people who might know about Bye, Joe. And I tried some this evening for obviously the first time in my life. Somebody brought it back from China like three or four years ago and we busted it out at dinner. And it was as disgusting as everybody told me it would be. <laughs> You had some four-year-old Baijiu? Yeah. Just sitting around? Yeah, so Special getting occasion. to know the gauchos. Okay. Is it possible that it was bad because it was uh, four years old? <laughs> it is. And not because just, of the product? <laughs> yeah, no, both are possible. I'm just not sure either way because the reviews weren't good coming in. But yeah, so I was cleaning out my office because I'm changing jobs and – Somebody else who left their job a couple years ago left me with this bottle of Baijiu. And so I was like, do you want this back? Like, do you want me to keep it? Because it came from China. Like, it's legit. And so anyway, she was like, yeah, bring it to dinner tonight. And so we took a shot of Baijiu and it was gross. I'm going to keep my Shinerbach right here. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. Can also- anyway, that's the only ag-related question I had, Rob. <laughs> The only one? Okay. Can you prepare a list of ag questions for Brandy? No, but I, I seriously did see earlier that Mississippi's number one ag export was cotton. So I, I was going to uh, look at it because I felt like West Texas could defeat them no matter what the product was, right? Because we got all this, you know, like 25 different crops out here, commodities out here. But, yep, I think we got the beat just like the bowl game, right? Strong analysis there. I will say, (laughs) I will say, um, beyond cotton in the area, what would you kind of rank the the exports as in West Texas? Just it's all West Texas, so let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, all West Texas, right? Every cotton out there. I mean, every commodity out there. All all right, let's do let's do start bench cut cotton, wine grapes, and sorghum. I'm gonna go with sorghum. Um, corn's pretty big up here. High plains and the high plains. Sorry, ignore the two-year-old. Um, in the high plains, sugar's a big deal. Sugar cane, uh, corn, as I said. Peanuts. We just got done with peanut uh, harvesting, so all those are big deal. We're also like top five exporters on chicken, goats, donkeys. Number one beef producer. Um, I think we're like number five or like number six for dairy, number five for eggs. So we're up there for pretty much everything. I'm actually pretty sure that we're number one in goats because I I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, Patrick Mahomes actually went to Texas Tech. So I was wondering where that was going. Lots of goats coming out of here. Uh, Kyle, the New Orleans Bowl is tonight. From the beginning of the bowls to the New Orleans Bowl, did any of those strike your fancy at all? Were there any matchups? The Louisville-Cincinnati matchup was the only matchup where I was like, there's some intrigue there. A little regional, the coaching shuffle, but beyond that, I've I've not been in tune with any bowl. No, I guess you had Troy versus UTSA was a ranked G5 matchup, and so there was some some spice there, but that game sucked like i don't know i don't remember when it was it was like a wednesday while i was at the office so i didn't get to see any of it and it was like 13 to 9 or something like that 
Uh, so no. Now I did proclaim Western Kentucky as a stone cold lock of the century on our last episode. They're up 14-0 right now, or at least last I checked. So I have some personal intrigue there. But but no, to your point, bad slate so far. But it's not even Christmas yet, so let's let's let the cake bake a little bit. It's our Christmas tonight. Do you want to get right into the bowl picks that we have, the, the Big 12 bowl picks, and then get into some other things, or you want to talk basketball real quick? No, let's do bowl picks. That's what Brandy is here for. Before yeah, we get into yeah it's stuff. past my bedtime, so and the quicker yeah. we get bowl picks out of the way, the better off I am. Let's no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, Before we get into it, though, Brandy, tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and why you wanted to join the Gambling Gauchos, because like we don't really even know you. We're getting to know you right now. Yeah, so I am the local agriculture and natural resources reporter. I'm going to move out of the way, but I'm still going to talk. I'm going to temporarily turn my camera off. Um, so I'm <laughs> so I'm the local ag and natural resources reporter for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and I'm also <laughs> a part-time professor at Texas Tech, right? So um, I'm a big tech fan. I'm also a tech graduate. Um and that is that. Sorry, my kid is mad as hell. We tried to, uh, we tried, I'm in a closet right now. We tried to um, put her in bed, but she did not want to go to bed. So she is now angry. Um, so as I said, I am a tech grad. I am a uh, tech professor. Um, so I'm a big fan there. I also just recently did some football stories for TCU, which... I am a longtime hater of, but I got to say they really gained my respect this year, right? Um, All right. Well, Brandy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We'll (laughs) let you get going now. Uh, Thank you for your thoughts on TCU. Just kidding. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. I got to put it out there. It's all West Texas, right? And Sonny Dykes. It's from West Texas. So and we got to give him love. We got to give Spike Dykes love, right? He's Spike Dykes' son. Like, it's all West Texas, man. It's true. We'll let so, it for now. So why did you want to come on the Gambling Gauchos podcast? Um, Because I love y'all. Y'all are like my favorite Twitter account to follow when it comes to the Texas Tech, right? And uh, I did not get to go tailgate with y'all when y'all were in town at, at TCU when I was also in town. So... It's about time. I talk about y'all a lot, though. I'm a big fan. Um, I show my students y'all stuff. Uh, and well, that's not good. Yeah. Hey, they're big fans too, though, right? Like, I didn't yeah. actually realize like how many students like not to say cared about sports, right? But like, how what percentage of my students would prefer to go to sports journalism over any other beat, right? It's it's wild, and I didn't even have any type of like sports journalism in my syllabus this semester. So um, I've added that. I've rectified that um, and watched not a single one of my students next semester will want to do sports because I finally added it in, right? That's how it's going to go. Kyle, I think that qualifies you as a big J journal now. If you have yeah, Twitter, I mean, hey, they're Twitter, using Twitter my material tweets, yeah. at, at an accredited four-year university to to teach the teach the youth. Do we all freeze? Just me. I think just you. All right, yeah. we're back. Good. I, I'm okay. sure. I'm sure that point you just made was incredible, Kyle. They I, all are, Rob. I know. Um, okay. I know. <laughs> Let's get into the bowl games. 
the very first one on the Big 12 slate is the worst bowl draw I have ever seen in my entire life. We will never see a bowl draw this bad ever again. Baylor has to go play in nine-degree temperatures, I think sub-zero wind chill, um, at their arch-rivals stadium, TCU in Fort Worth. I don't even know the name of this bowl. Is this the Armed Forces? Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Armed Forces Bowl. We'll go with that. Respect the troops, Kyle. For reals. <laughs> they, they were picked preseason number one in the Big 12, coming off of a conference championship, a Sugar Bowl win, a 12-win season. They parlayed all of that into having one scholarship quarterback on their roster, battling the troops just to stay above 500 on the season. So they're down pretty bad. The bad news bears, we like to call them. They had a terrible day today, too. Do what? They had a bad day today, too. They did. It almost makes you feel bad for them. Rough week. So they are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Air Force Academy, and the total is 43-and-a-half. Brandy, do you have a play on either the spread or the total on that game? Uh, I am... For that spread. So I guess I, I'm agreeing with it. I actually, uh, so I thought when y'all said that we're doing spreads, I actually came up with my own spread. Uh, so I, I actually have a larger um, margin of victory for Baylor. Uh, I have to admit, I'm totally biased. Baylor was my first love. I was actually enrolled there and uh, ended up not going there for personal reasons. Um, and this was actually when the first college football playoffs that I was a senior in high school, uh, when they came around, they were, you know, neck and neck with TCU. And I remember being so disappointed that they did not make it into the top four. And there were like speculations that, um, it was because they're a private school, right? So they weren't going to bring in the money because they weren't going to bring in that fan base. So I'm happy to see them here. Right. Um, and I'm happy to support Baylor on this one. And, I like I said, I think it's going to be a larger margin victory. Okay, you're you're on thin ice here, Brandy. You've been a little bit sympathetic to TCU and Baylor. We have a three strike policy, but I'm just letting you know. Oh no, no, I'm fully. I am ready to watch Texas and OU get totally wrecked. Like I, I'm full. Hey, but I, I'm a Fort Worth gal. I this is like I said, this is my first time ever, and I'm not even joking with you. My first time ever rooting for TCU. Like I'm a Baylor gal at heart. You know, back in the day, so I hate TCU naturally. Um, okay. So it, it's just this one year, and it's because we got Sonny Dykes. He's a he's a West Texan man. Okay. All right. All allowed. Okay. So you have Baylor covering the three and a half. Rob, Ryan, what do y'all think? The people are asking if Ryan's at a rave. I am at a very merry rave. And that is uh, that's going to be the case for for Baylor too. I'll pick them to cover, but I'm gonna I'm gonna slam that under. There there's no way that game hits 43. The weather's going to be terrible. I generally pick Power Five teams against non Power Five teams in bowl games, but this time in the cold, everyone's running. Baylor is is hurting from signing day. Their fans won't show up. It's going to be nine degrees. I'll take Air Force. Support can we troops. take Can we take a moment to talk about how wild RG3 was though the other day at his little... <laughs> and the, uh, when he jumped into the crowd. I mean, man, what is the audacity on that man? You got to love him though, right? Did you, did you see his ups, by the way, Kyle? <laughs> did you see that? The Lambo leap? He cleared the wall. He, uh-uh. 
He cleared, and then Adam Schefter tried to jump up. Well, you know, when RG3, so RG3 coming out of Copperas Cove High School, I think it was, he enrolled at Baylor early. And so spring of his freshman year, when he should have been a senior in high school, he was like a national qualifier in the 400 hurdles. And I think had he focused on track instead of football, he he was like world-class Olympian type athlete in track and field. So that does not surprise me at all. Um, heard some disappointing stuff there. I support the troops. You know what they say, nothing can stop the U.S. Air Force. Give me Air Force plus three and a half. And they want you to take the under, so I'm going over because all signs point to the under. And so we're going to go opposite of that and go over 43 and a half. Bold. Are you saying it's due with all that, with all the bets? No, I'm not I'm not saying it's due. I'm saying okay. you fade, fade the masses. Zig while everybody else zags. Okay, next one. Um, I guess they're, they have enough guys to field a team. Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half-point underdog to the Wisconsin Badgers in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl out there in Arizona. A low total in this one as well, 43. Brandy, we'll start with you. Wisconsin is favored by three-and-a-half. What's your pick on this one? Yeah, I think Wisconsin's going to cover that as well. Um, I actually think that we're going to go over. Uh, but, hey, I – I'm against all Big 12 teams because of for tech at this point, right? And TCU and Baylor. There you go. You got to be consistent. I also think Wisconsin will cover, and I think they're going to play seven on seven in the second half. Wisconsin to cover. Over. I was going to take the Scannies, but now I feel like I need to fade the three of you. So give me the pokes. There's a hook there, plus three and a half. And I guess we'll hope that this goes under because if it goes over, I feel like they won't be able to stay within three. So, uh, yeah, give me Pokes plus three and a half. The feel-good story of the 2022 college football season, the Kansas Jayhawks, the most miserable, downtrodden FBS program of the last decade, ascends to bowl eligibility. They're taking on Arkansas, which, Brandy, did you know that Arkansas is the only state mentioned in the Bible? No. <laughs> Is this true? Yeah, so in the Old Testament, after the flood, it says that Noah removed the cover from the ark and saw. That's funny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. The first 50 um, times he told it on this podcast weren't funny, and that one wasn't either, Kyle. Anyway, should be a good game. The Jayhawks are three-point underdogs. Oh, God, not this joke again. <laughs> Um, the total is 69, so it should be a high-scoring affair, allegedly. Brandy, we'll start with you. What do you think about Kansas versus Arkansas? Remind me what the uh, margin of victory was there. So Arkansas is favored by three. Okay, so that means the Jayhawks will score at least 66 points, right? And I just don't see that happening. <laughs> so um, I'm going with Arkansas covering it. Oh, no, the margin of victory was by yeah. at least three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. regardless. Nope, yep, I agree. It, yes, it could be like 69 to like 21, right? Like, yes, uh, Arkansas has got it covered. Yep. Okay. I agree, and I like that score. I think Arkansas is going to win by 50. Yep. Arkansas to cover. I'm going to take the under. Why not? Dangerous man. 
Big yeah. Ian posits that the loser should have to remove Kansas from their name. Yeah, it could just be R. No, I thought it was like how they pronounced it. Like they can either call it R Kansas or Kansas is going to ca- call Kansas. it. Console, I guess, right? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yes, winner, winner keeps the uh, pronunciation. So, I think even if Arkansas has opt outs, and I don't know what their like transfer portal situation and all that, you've got to think that they're going to weigh out talent Kansas's roster to the tune of more than three points. So, give me the Razorbacks to cover the three. Don't have a good sense on the total. I know Kansas is a High flying offense, terrible defense. Let's go over 69 just for fun. Now I'm going to skip the Texas Bowl because we'll finish with Texas Tech. And I'm going to fast forward to the Cheez It Bowl, which is the most corrupt, uh, devoid of any reason and ethics bowl committee that is out there. But I digress. Florida State, the 13th ranked team in the country, is favored by nine and a half versus Oklahoma, who only won six games this year, including only three in Big 12 play. Seems like a a weird mismatch there in the bowl game. The total is 65.5. Brandy, what do you think about this one in the Cheez-It Bowl? Um, I'm going with under, first of all, but I'm also going with Oklahoma covering it. I don't think that Florida State will win by that. I mean, since it's 9.5, they'd have to at least win by 10. I, I, I don't see that happening. I I feel like I have to add in there that we do hate OU. I hate OU. I just I know the team, right? You know, so whatever. That's a, that's a really big line, and I don't know about Florida State's issues, but Oklahoma certainly has a lot of them. They moved a corner to wide receiver so they could have a full wide receiver room this week. Uh, I will take Florida State plus or minus nine and a half, uh, but I think it'll be tight. I think they'll win by ten or twelve. Florida State to cover, and I'll probably take the under. Becoming the undertaker over there. I'm going two different avenues that both lead me to the Sooners. One, the nine and a half, they're kind of begging you to take Florida State. And also, it's a bit of an emotional hedge because if Oklahoma gets run out of the building, then I'll feel even more vindicated about my Cheez It Bowl takes. So give me Oklahoma plus nine and a half. Who is this guy? Who is that? <laughs> I think it's a- <laughs> getting to the woke Red Raider mob. <laughs> he must have a different screen name on Discord, but yeah, um, I think it's Nate. It's like the third one that, um, anyway. Yeah. Sometimes those things when they pop up on the screen, they kind of distract me. But I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, two avenues lead you both to Oklahoma. Yeah, you would sooner- be a horrible journalist if that type I, of stuff distracts you. Your words have never been spoken. Uh, Sooners plus nine and a half. Now, the Alamo Bowl is Texas versus Washington. Rob knew all along that the Alamo Bowl was going to invite Texas from the Big 12. The Horns are four-point favorites over the Huskies, and the total is 67.5. Brandy, we'll start with you. Um, Texas minus four, or favored by four, and the total 67.5. What are your thoughts on this one? Um. I'm going to go under, and I'm also going to say Washington will cover it. In fact, I think that Washington's going to win. So just putting that out there. What was this line? Four. 
I don't like doing this, but I will take Texas. And the over. You dub money line and the over. Is Bijan playing? Rob Denulia Hansen again. Oh, sorry. This one. But yes, I think he is. Bijan is playing. I yeah, I think it's his last two raw. Maybe maybe he's not. He put out that long video, but I too long didn't read. I just moved too long on. didn't read. Yeah, I didn't watch it at all. Man, I'm, I'm You'd happy love to for see you. Him. I'm sorry that happened. You'd love to see a highly touted guy like Bijan at a program like Texas be able to finish his collegiate career with a that real mountaintop moment, you know, winning the Alamo Bowl at Texas. I think he's going to be motivated. Give me Texas minus four. Send Bijan out like a champion. And I just think he's really freaking good, and I don't want to pick against him. So, yeah, I'll take Texas to cover that one. Okay, now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. The Sugar Bowl, top ten matchup. Alabama, speaking of opt-outs, sounds like all their dudes are playing. So, Will Anderson is playing. Bryce Young is playing. They're favored by six over the Big 12 champion Kansas State Wildcats. The total is 56. Brandy, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I am agreeing with all that. <laughs> it's right on the line right there. I will not argue that at all. Any of it. Emo, Kansas State money line. Mainville disagrees, I think. Alabama's going to win by at least 12. Sorry, sorry, Wildcats. Um, and I'll take the over. Alabama is a truly difficult team to peg the last couple of years. They're terrible in true road games, which this isn't that, but it's a little bit different atmosphere. You would think with all the NFL talent that they could cover the six. I've also seen them play an absolute dud in bowl games that they retroactively did not want to play in, and you don't know if, if this is going to be one of those spots until after they lose or not. We have to ride with the Wildcats, right? We've got a pretty strong alliance with K-State fans. Give me Emaw plus six. No idea on the total, but I think K-State feels like there's more on the line, more to play for, any other bowl season cliche you could think of, but I'm going to ride with K-State plus six. I double-checked Bijan. That was an opt-out video, so he's not playing. Do you want to change your? Do you want to change your answer? I just didn't want you to. I didn't want to be a week from now and you'd be like, "Well, Rob said," and then blame me yeah. for everything. So, because I would do that. You I would absolutely would do that. I would tell everybody I lost the pick because I got bad intel. Yes, from Rob. No, I won't betray my former self. And Rashawn Johnson is also really good. It makes me a little less confident. But I'll, I'll stick with it. Pre-Rob Fiskating. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay. Sticking not only in the New Year's Six here, but the college football playoff. TCU versus Michigan. Uh, Brandy's favorite team, apparently. They are seven-and-a-half-point dogs. The line has actually moved in their favor a little bit. So Michigan, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 58-and-a-half. Brandy, can the Frogs keep it within seven, or are we looking at – more of a Michigan blowout. Uh, I am rooting for the underdog in this one, and I'm saying Texas – or not Texas, sorry. 
I completely, who is not the most credible sports source here. Um, I'm going for the underdog. Like I, I'll be in Fort Worth. I love Fort Worth. Um, and if they get some Heim barbecue in their tummy, I, I count on it. Like, what do they have over in Michigan? Cheese curds? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, you know, whatever. I'm going for TCU. Funny you should mention barbecue. We're actually more of a uh, Rahino family here at the Gambling Gouches, so I'll just slide right into another uh, ad read segue here. RahinoBBQ.com. You can order ahead. Follow them on social at RahinoBBQ. It's the best barbecue in West Texas. They've got their home base out in Olton, and then their mobile food truck goes all across West Texas, serving the fine people of the Caprock and beyond. Check them out if you haven't already. Hopefully it's not too late to get a Christmas brisket. Rob, I think they're I think they were open today on Wednesday, and I think they'll stay open through Friday. So hopefully you hear this in time to go get some Rahino before the holiday season. Great friends, great supporters of the Gambling Gauchos podcast. Shout out to Rahino Barbecue. Ryan, uh, Rob, excuse me. Michigan, TCU, seven and a half. What do you think? This game screams backdoor cover for the Frogs. So I'll take TCU late to cover, but Michigan to win. They've been known to do it. Hey, I'm putting it out there, too. It is not TCU, as I've said. It is West Texas that I'm supporting, and it's all West Texas. And since I'll be there at the time, I've stretched my boundaries a little further. And like I said, Sonny Dykes, he's a West Texan man. So you got to go with West Texas. Ryan, are you buying any of that? I'll take TCU to cover. I think Michigan's going to win. But I'll take TCU to cover, and I'm actually surprised that this line is larger than the Alabama K-State line. Um, And then I forget the total, but I'm going to take the over anyways. It was 58 and a half. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I'll stick with it. This TCU team is tough, man. We've seen it. Even in games that they had no business winning or covering, they do both. Uh, I know the line started out bigger, but there's still that hook, seven and a half. Rob, like you said, they could be losing by 14 um, late in the fourth quarter and then like Doug and Quentin Johnson make a play and all of a sudden it's seven. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna trail Brandy on this one. I'm not taking the underdogs. I'm taking the under frogs plus seven and a half. And we'll see if they can hold it down for the Big 12. I don't think a lot of people from our listenership are rooting for that. I think they would like to see the Wolverines win by about 40, but we'll see. But, yeah, give me the Frogs plus seven and a half. I, and I think Max Duggan it really wants it, though. Like, And he just graduated. I'm proud of him for that. Like, good. Uh, you can tell that he's, like, a genuine person, too. Like, he's not from te- Fort Worth. He loved it, you know. Like, I feel like he he's, like, one of those players that you can just – and I know that's, like, so standard for a college football player. Like, obviously, they want to win their bowl game, right? But for me, it's just, like, it was so powerful seeing him just, like, talk about being able to be in the college football playoffs, right? Like, you could just tell that this was something that – you know, means so much to him. Like I, not that he can single-handedly do it, but I, I just feel like the frogs are this team that really, really wanted this year. Right. And like, they, they, they've like already made so many records this year. I literally wrote a story about that, you, that they hadn't hit in decades. Right. Like Sonny Dykes just came in and completely transformed this team. What they were like estimated to go four to four or eight this year. And they went, 12-1 at this point so no I think if anybody could do it it would be Sonny Dykes for sure 
if future Baylor Bear Alan Bowman plays, it's Michigan in a route. That's from Big Hen. So, well, he can play. He's recommitted. He is. He's back. It it will be a route if Alan Bowman plays. The Riz God Max Duggan, by the way, if you know, the kids are saying it. Also learned today that that's charisma, Riz charisma. The more you know. Grammar gauchos. Never heard any of that before. I'll take your word for it. You gotta, you gotta stay up with the youth to, to be on the Twitter. I'm 25 and I've never heard that. So, <laughs> Gen Z right here, bad. and I've never heard that. But okay. <laughs> Ryan, are you over or under 25? Under. Dang, we got, we got some youth in here, Rob. I'm an old man. He says as he tries to unmute his mic. <laughs> Rob, you're muted. Jeez, these, chats, these chats, man. <laughs> chats are great today. We got another game or? Yep, sorry. Uh, brain freeze there. I was just like waiting for you. Rob. I was like, all right, what are we doing next? Okay. <laughs> the final Big 12 game. Um, it's not the last one to be played, but the last one we'll discuss is, of course, the Texas Bowl. Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. Brandy, you alluded to that this should be the Cotton Bowl. And it was this matchup in the Cotton Bowl back in or following the 2008 season. Did not go so well for the Red Raiders. Hopefully we get a better outcome this time around. Right now the line is sitting at Texas Tech plus three and a half. So Ole Miss is the three and a half point favorite. Really high total, 69 and a half. What are your thoughts on this one? I am going to pass it to Rob first. <laughs> so. That's true. I, Kyle was making you go first. I thought that was a little unfair the whole time, but uh, I'll take Texas Tech. I thought this line would get bigger. I thought it would be around five by the time it closed. Ole Miss has like 16 guys in the portal, but I think nine are still playing in the game. Uh, Zach Evans' revenge game, maybe for Creshawn Merriweather and these linebackers who just got mud-stomped uh, in Lubbock last year by Zach Evans, who just tapped out because he had so many yards at halftime. Uh, I'll take the under and just on principle say Texas Tech covers. But I think it's going to be tight. Yeah, I'm with you. That, that's a really high total, and I think if it was a little bit lower, maybe – five, six points, I'd, I'd consider it. Because I think there are going to be a couple of plays where Ole Miss, you know, gashes your defense with, with a big run. That's just kind of been their identity this season. And that's been an issue for you this season is is stopping those explosive plays. But yeah, I'm going to take the under because that's so steep. But I am going to pick Texas Tech to cover. And I'd actually probably pick Texas Tech money line um, right now. Full disclosure, have not done any Ole Miss research yet, and I'm, I guess, running out of time because Christmas is in a couple days. We're going to do one more episode before the bowl game, right? Before the pregame party at uh, at Bell Station. Is that right, Rob? Yes. Okay. I'll do my homework before then. Good. If you haven't heard, we are doing a live show at 4 o'clock the day of the Texas Bowl at Bell Station in Midtown Houston. Would love to see you there. I'm just going to go straight emotional hedge play. And say Ole Miss minus three and a half. Like I said, have done no research on this yet. I know they have a really good rushing attack. And so, you know, that that'll be the focal point of this game. If you can if you can contain that, stop it, 
maybe force them through the air um, to commit some turnovers, and that would be the type of game that I think Texas Tech could win. Also just curious to see how you look offensively. You know, you're obviously sticking with Tyler Shuck, who had good games against Kansas and Oklahoma, two pretty bad defenses. And then his third game uh, that he uh, finished the season as the starter was in suboptimal conditions and aims. I don't think he looked bad, but it was just difficult for either offense to move the ball. So I'm curious to see what he looks like back at NRG, indoors, no weather conditions. He looked pretty good in his Texas Tech debut there a year ago. Hopefully we see a similar version of him on the 28th, but I'm going to go with Rebels minus three and a half, strictly an emotional hedge play. And I'll go with the over. I think a lot of points are going to be scored. So give me over 69 and a half. I'm with you on the Rebels covering it. Um, it was a, If it was two and a half, I'd, I'd have it, you know, Trey Wolf could, you know, come in and score three points on that one. But unfortunately it's three and a half and, you know, he can't he can't do that um although i do think that he could do anything so <laughs> um but unfortunately yeah I'm, I'm with you on that i gotta go with the rebels um i do think it'll be close but three and a half is pretty close margin of victory too right so hey um I, i'm also going with the over because i feel like they're both like really offensive ho- heavy teams right like so i'm going with over if Dabo was talking about Trey Wolf, he would say Philippians 413. He could do anything through Christ who strengthens him. Do you see that big kick energy, though? That the front page that we had, we sold that out on awesome. that. That's, that's what I, I, yeah, big kick energy right there. Yeah. I was very Not your grandfather's Lubbock AJ. Yeah, I was surprised at that headline. Passed. I mean, no, our editor's 35, so you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Um, I don't know what Don Williams would have done, but Adam Young certainly did that. <laughs> yeah. So somebody in the chat here says emotional hedge is the cloak of the pink Raider. And you're exactly right. Emotional hedge is just rephrasing it to make myself feel better about it. These guys hate tech. Yeah. You got me on that one. I know me, Ryan, either. not me. Just uh, Did y'all see that Dabo NIL quote though? Yes. That's why I said that. Yes. Brandy. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Do you know what NIL is? Yes, I do. So I'm sitting said, here on this podcast that you're sorry. like, you know what the NIL is? Well, no, no clue. Sorry, getting to know the gauchos. I work in an industry where there's like a ton of acronyms and people don't know what they mean. But so, yeah, he was like, yeah, our program is made in the name, image, and likeness of God. <laughs> Just like out of nowhere, too. It wasn't, it wasn't like some interview about his faith intersecting with his professional life. Oh. He's literally his signing day about, presser. Yeah, yeah. Just gets tossed some question about nil. And he's like, yeah, you know. As a matter of fact, like, I don't know, man. I don't know where that came from. Does he not have anybody coaching him on how bad some of that stuff comes across? No, I don't think he does. Because he kind of has stepped in it. Kyle Spine, there it is. Thank well, you. Well, he Mr. well he wanted to kill the nil. He said he would quit if they ever passed the nil legislation, and he didn't. He's still coaching. Well, he, he didn't know they were talking about God's NIL. Right, right. He so Well, and everyone, you could feel the room tense up because he was like, we built our team on NIL. And everyone's like, wait, he was cheating? And he was like, no, no, no. God's name, image, and likeness. How many times do you think he rehearsed that in his bathroom mirror before oh, the he's press been, conference? Oh, he's been saying that, yeah. Probably Because there was like dramatic pause and everything. Yeah. 
Well, did you? Because he's on uh, TikTok. Did you see? <laughs> yes. Said the uh, Hickory Dickory Doc Coach Dabo's on TikTok. Yeah, he's corny. No, he said Hickory Dickory Doc. The mouse ran up the clock. Coach Sweeney's got that drip, and now he's on TikTok. Yeah, totally threw off the rhyme with the drip line. That's okay. When he does the thing where he runs onto the field before his team to make it all about himself, yeah. I just – I used to like him. I thought it was like a cool story, and now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty out on Dabo. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, we've changed closets. Brandy, do you have any final thoughts for us? I got the same closet. I just got the door open. <laughs> same closet. <laughs> um, no, I want y'all to know that I'm a TCU hater at heart. I just got to put it out there. I'm a TCU hater at heart, but I am also born and raised in Fort Worth, right? And like I said, a Sunny Dykes fan. Who was it? Which one of y'all was the one that tweeted, uh, you can take the man out of West Texas, but you can't take the West Texas out of the man. And then y'all were like, psych, he did. <laughs> West Texas is out of that man. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he, he had a few moments there in the middle that we uh... – we didn't like, but he is he is a, a Lubbock guy. I went to Coronado High School, Texas Tech, coached here. So, and his dad was here for you know quite a while. Yes, he was. Um, hey, I'm with you. That's my closing argument. I'm a TCU hater at heart, but I'm sorry I, that I Kyle explained nil to you. I feel like I was condescending, and that wasn't my intention. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just like oh. No, I'm pretty sure that you called me up first for all the picks because you were like, I'm going to make an absolute fool out of this girl. Oh, no, I was just trying <laughs> to be courteous with our guests. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. I will fully admit that I'm not the most credible source here. Um, but I appreciate y'all for having me. Um, and uh, I'm a fan of y'all's work. So I look forward to seeing this come out to fruition. Um, and hopefully I can prove every single one of y'all wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you're going to beat us on – we'll track these, and I would not be surprised at all if you came out with the best bowl pick record. Hey, for every 12 you years. know, I picked Argentina from game one, and then I called it that they were going into finals in the World Cup and manifested that. So I, I got a pretty good accuracy right here. We'll see if it keeps going. Sounds good. Well, thank Anyways, you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You all have a great night. Yeah, I will tune too. in now for basketball talk. Yeah. That's good. Bye. See you. Uh, let's catch up on the chat here. Dabo seems like a, an acronym guy. Speaking of drip, did you see burnt vegetables suit jacket today? No, but if, if Dabo is an acronym guy, what does Dabo stand for? D-A-B-O. Doofus about <laughs> big offense. Uh, need more alphas in coaching like Dabo. I think uh, Nick Adams is in the chat. <laughs> Dabo's bit got old. Yes. Uh, he also had a great used car business. He does seem like a used car salesman. I thought it was commercial real estate, but either one, I can see it. One of the two. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Love making picks. And it is B before... funny. It is funny that she is the first uh, AJ employee that, to come, to come yeah, out. I was going to say, before we got started... Uh, she was saying that other like actual sports writers from the AJ were laughing that like, not that we did this intentionally, but we haven't had them on the gauchos before. So they were like, you're going on a sports, like yeah. a Texas tech sports podcast that we've never been on. And so that was pretty funny. 
Uh, but yeah, she DM'd us and was like, yeah, like I know how to make picks against the spread and like I want to pick the Big 12 games with y'all. I was like, okay, sure. Do you want to move on to – do you want to talk basketball tonight or do you want to save that? We can talk a little baloncesto. I do have one question. Uh-huh. Uh, because we, we thought that Texas Tech had played a few bad teams, but I think those teams looked better than maybe we thought they were in like a Georgetown who played a couple of Power 5 teams close afterwards. They're still bad. Uh, and then maybe an Eastern Washington who came in and hit a bunch of threes. Are you just playing two really bad teams? Or did the drama of the week preceding kind of lock this team in and galvanize? Because we said it was going to go one of the two ways. It's either kind of blow up the team or galvanize. Do you think that this team is galvanized? And do you think Steve Green maybe has taken a bigger role in the coaching landscape? Start with you, Mary Mainville. Yeah, I think looking at that, you know, some of the earlier games, I think it was clear that you were not playing the level of basketball that you want to be. Obviously, you hit a an early season skid and struggled through some bad games against some bad teams. And, you know, Houston Christian, n- not a great basketball team. They, they were dead last in the country in Ken Palm's defense coming into today. So it, it's not a huge surprise that you had your best offensive performance of the year. Um, I, I don't think that Jackson State team was anything to write home about. I know they played, I think it was Mississippi State pretty close the other night, but I, I think the the reality is early in this season, you were coming into these games and it didn't feel like you were going to come out of them with a win. And you just had two sizable wins over teams that you should be beating by 30, 40 points. And so... I think some of the rust has been shaken off. I think that you've got your feet under you a little bit. And right now, whatever the challenge is, whatever the adversity that's been addressed, uh, the response is there. And that's encouraging with just one more ramp up before you go to Fort Worth. It also felt like there was more chemistry. I mean, we haven't seen the alley-oops. We haven't seen the kind of the behind the back passes. They had fun today. They had fun. Uh, yeah, that's another way to say it. Absolutely. This team looked like it had fun today. It looked like it was having fun in Houston. It looked like it was a miserable chore against Eastern Washington and some of those other teams. Kyle, would you re-up or change the 6.5? Would you lean one way or the other now, or are you still on 6.5 in the Big 12? I think I need to see – these so I, I do acknowledge there have been signs of improvement and progress the last couple of games, but I need to see it against Big Twelve competition to to shift my thinking that that we're a tournament team, and so I, I am encouraged by it, and I think I've I've stepped back from the ledge a little bit, but I'm not bought in to the idea that you know we can have a, a 500 or better record in Big Twelve play just yet. Having said that, if they have another 50-burger margin of victory in their last tune-up game, and then their first two, three games of Big 12 play look solid, I, I don't think it'll take long for me to to buy back in. Whereas before this stretch, you know, I, I might have been a little bit more hesitant to to buy back in. So, yeah, I, I agree with everything else said. And, um, yeah, it's good to see the chemistry. If, if the offense – here's my my only negative, not to rain on the parade here. If the offense 
if the offensive philosophy changed before the last two games, why were we not doing executing the current offensive philosophy during these dozen warm-up games instead of doing it right before conference play? Because I could see it being the case that, okay, like we've, we've shifted the offensive philosophy. Okay, great. But now we're starting Big 12 play with two or three games of this under our belt instead of the entire non-conference slate under our belt. And so that would be a frustrating development, even if you are kind of moving in the right direction offensively. I think that was some of the drama that was resolved, right? You're on mute. You're muted. Boomer was, alert. I think that was some of the drama that was resolved, right? The What you're referencing? How Steve Green is maybe taking the offensive coordinator role from somebody else? I hope so, but that's what I'm saying. I thought he was brought in to do that from game one, so why did we not see right. that? Uh, was today's win a quarter one or quarter two win? Q1, quadrant one, sorry. Q1, Q2. I'm sure it was quad four and would be quad five if that was a thing. Uh, which is more important, Ken Palm or Net? Depends on what you're asking about. Net is important for seeding and March Madness. Kim Palm is taken into consideration by the committee, but it's really just a helpful tool to look at to see how teams are performing right now. Another comment on the chat. Uh, we've, or, yeah, comment. We've seen a lot more transition in the past two games. I think that goes to the fun aspect, right? I mean, they're pressing. They're going faster. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, they're they're running and gunning, which yeah. they need to do a little bit more um, because pace has been an issue for this team for the past couple of seasons. And I think you've got guys on this team that can really shine in transition. And I think the most notable of that group is Davion Harmon. I mean, all offseason, that's that's really the number one thing that I heard about him was, oh, he's going to push it. Like, he's going to push it up the floor every single time. He's going to get back on defense. He's going to grind for every single possession. And, I mean, today he had a monster game and had nine assists in addition to 22 points. He just looked phenomenal on the break. Obviously, Big 12 play comes around. You're not going to be able to get those opportunities as much as you have in these past two games. But it is encouraging to see that, hey, this is something that's being emphasized, is to play a little bit faster, play a little bit more aggressive, and get to the rim. It is good to see quality transition and... One thing we pride ourselves on on the Gambling Gauchos is quality transitions to our ad reads. And so I'll go ahead and knock out StayTrig while we're doing this quality transition. StayTrig.com. You know them. You love them. 10% off your first booking at StayTrig.com using the promo code Gauchos. What is StayTrig? It is your local option for a short-term home rental in the Lubbock area. If you don't want to roll the dice on an Airbnb, you don't trust those reviews, Maybe all the hotels are booked and you don't want to pay the last-minute prices. Go to staytrig.com. They've got different properties all across Lubbock, but what's consistent about them, every single property is professionally decorated and furnished up to um, a professional upscale standard that uh, you can count on. So next time you're coming to Lubbock, whether it's for business, the holidays, graduation, basketball games, baseball games, don't go the hotel route. Don't go Airbnb. Stay with StayTrig and book at StayTrig.com. 10% off using the promo code Gauchos. You done? Yep. Do you want to go into the Discord mailbag or talk about some airing of grievances? I think both can are we talk, good. Can we talk recruiting for a little bit because today yeah. was National Signing Day? Yeah, we can. Uh, do you want to start with the rest of the Big 12 or you want to go straight into Texas Tech? 
I'm going to actually start – we're going to start with Texas Tech. I'm actually going to start in the class of 2024 because only three days ago, four days ago, you get your quarterback commit in the class of 2024, Will Hammond out of Hutto, Texas, which, by the way, when I was growing up in that area, Hutto was this podunk 3A, like one stoplight town. It was a big deal when they got a McDonald's. Now I think there's multiple high schools in Hutto. They're playing like 5A, 6A ball. Anyway, that's where this kid is from. And when he committed, I had never heard of him. And his only two other offers were UTSA and Incarnate Word. And it was one of those, there were folks in the Discord that were like, why did we take a commitment from a guy who only has two group of five offers, or Incarnate Word is FCS even. And then in the 72 hours since then, he's gotten offered by Oregon, Penn State, and Auburn, and I'm sure there are more to come. And so all that to say, I don't want to talk about the 2024 class because we need to recap the guys who just signed today and celebrate them. But this staff, I have so much confidence in their early evaluations, quality evaluations, and then their ability to close the deal by building strong relationships with players and coaches. And so I think there's going to be more and more of these. The, the, the poster child for that in 2023 was Calvin Simpson Hunt, who only had an offer from Navy when he committed to Tech. Now he's signed with Ohio State. So quit worrying about these guys that we're just finding earlier. We're not reaching on dudes that you know aren't capable of playing more than group of five football. We just are blessed with a very quality scouting and personnel staff. So with that said, I think there's a lot of evidence for what I just said. The coaching staff being great recruiters um, with the class they put together in 2023, you can make the case it's the best in this modern recruiting rankings database era. And so we got a lot of guys to talk through. We tweeted all these stats about they signed more guys that fit X profile than were signed in the five classes combined before Joey got here. So we can start wherever you want, Rob. But basically, I mean, I'm just giving them an A plus and have no complaints whatsoever with the recruiting. Trivia question. Do you know the last Red Raider signed as a Hutto Hippo? Let me think. The last Hutto Hippo. To Was it a football player? Um, Chucks, Chooks. Yeah, Naboko. Chucks, Chooks, whatever. Uh, he's not here anymore. He was like five foot four, I think. A little return action. Um, so you mentioned the best of the modern era, best since 2011. Um, I have a hard time giving grades or whatever else or saying it's the best class until we see them play. I like to kind of do a rolling two or three year grading period. Very happy with what was brought in. Very happy with the potential. But when you look at 2011, that's Jakeem Grant, DeAndre Washington, Jay Samaro, LaRaven Clark, all in the same class. So if Bradley Marquez, so if you look in four years and you have that kind of class come in, you are going to be, very, very excited about that. Uh, the second top 25 class period uh, that Texas Tech has brought in, and that's in the recruiting era, so that's since 2000, since these kind of internet sites were ranking classes, but really, really good. 
really good. And there was a lot of smoke that Washington was going after some of your DBs. That's really good look because they're known for recruiting good DBs. TCU was sniffing around. Um, and then Michigan, had some Big Ten teams coming after yeah, your offensive linemen. When Michigan is looking at your offensive linemen, uh, you know you're you're doing good. And when Oregon is sniffing around your quarterbacks, you know you're doing good too. Um, this comment, Locke Blanchard up with a big bag. I'm pretty sure they doubled his salary already. They might do that for the next two or three years until he's making <laughs> a solid amount. I, I mean, he already is, I'm sure. But um, do you want to give us – some of these questions are going to be in the mailbag, but two or three guys you're looking for as early impact and then maybe two or three guys you're looking for long-term? I'll give you those, but first I'm just going to talk about all the guys that they recruited in the trenches just as a position group on the offensive line and on the defensive line. This was my favorite tidbit looking – because I knew that we weren't good at recruiting in the Kingsbury and Wells administrations, but actually quantifying that by going back and looking like, okay, how many four-stars did we sign? How many how many offensive linemen with multiple power, power five offers did we sign? Kind of put some of that into – perspective or illuminated it this is my favorite one so on 24 7 sports which is one of the two or three main recruiting sites maybe maybe our listeners have a preference as to like maybe they're more accurate than rivals maybe they're not i don't know but a player on 24 7 who's rated an 87 or higher is considered like a high-end three-star prospect you signed 10 guys in this recruiting class and going back to last recruiting class in the month that McGuire had before signing day, you've signed 10 players that fit the high-end three-star billing on 24-7 that play O-line or D-line. You only signed eight guys that fit that profile of high-end three-star offensive line or defensive line in the decade, 2013 through 2022, before McGuire got here combined. And so we're not talking like incremental progress in the trenches or something like that. We're talking an absolute point of emphasis, not just on the volume of guys you're taking, but high skill level guys that are going to be high upside with some development, same type of kid that a bunch of other Power 5 programs are after. And so we can highlight specific players, and I would like to do that, but that was my biggest takeaway. And McGuire's talking about the fastest class in the country. That's great. Love to see that too. But Mass kicks ass, and they're adding the bodies and the guys to do that in the trenches. The average distance of recruit from Texas Tech was within 400 miles, 371 miles. 81% of the class is from Texas. Um, Really, Texas and Louisiana have all of the class. I think there was one from Iowa. Um, And then, obviously, the the transfer from San Diego State, which is coming back to Texas. Just a really, really – I mean, he said they were going to get faster. He said they wanted big guys. He did both of those. They said he was going to recruit West Texas. They have seven west of I-35. Pretty much every promise he made, he delivered. And that's also a new thing because other coaches have promised recruiting promises in the past, and you just have not seen. Oh, yes, there was a South Carolina uh, commit to Dingle. So all in all, really happy. Um 12 four-star commits, signees, um, from a service. So on three, 24-7 rivals, 12 guys in this class class have at least ESPN. 
12 guys have at least one four-star ranking out of those four, and then there are four consensus. Um, you've not had four consensus four-stars in one class since 2011, when I think you had six or seven. But this class, I think, is just as good potentially. Ryan, any individual dudes in particular from this 2023 class that you want to spotlight? Yeah, I think when you're talking about true freshmen, it's always difficult because, I mean, we're sitting here talking about mass, and that really was an area that the staff needed to address. But it's also typically an area where young guys don't play a lot, at least immediately, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It's just really hard to to throw an 18-year-old 300-pounder into a Big 12 football game and ask him to do a lot of things against NFL athletes. And so I think the speed will really show in the first couple of years after this class. I think guys like, you know, your Brendan Jordans, your Jordan Sanfords, your Tyrone West, those guys I think have an opportunity to earn themselves some snaps and make some good explosive plays with their speed. And then I think a couple of years down the road, investing in that mass, I'm really excited um, to see, obviously, Nick Fadig. I mean, we've been talking about him in Michigan, a guy that was looked at a lot. And then on the defensive line, Isaiah Crawford coming off the edge. That's a guy that had a lot of really good offers. A guy that's coming off an injury, um, but in a couple of years, I think he can be really, really good. Big guy. I think he's like 6'4", right around 200 pounds. Might want to put some weight on him once he gets on campus, but I really like what he could be coming off the edge in a couple of years. Yeah, what I love about so many guys in this class, you mentioned uh, Nick Fatigue. I think he's an all-state or junior Olympian uh, powerlifter. And then Justin Horn, the linebacker from Louisiana, he is a black belt in karate. And then besides those two examples, you've got guys that run track, play basketball, play baseball. And so just the overall athleticism of this class – I think is exciting. Uh, a couple guys that I'm maybe most excited about seeing their development is Michael Dingle, the, the linebacker from South Carolina. He's he's one of your lower rated prospects in this class. He doesn't have that four star tag or high end three star tag. But I I think if I heard this and remember it correctly, he had the third fastest 110 meter hurdles time in the country last year when he was a junior in high school. Now, he's, he was injured this football season. He might have been more highly recruited had he put out some senior tape. And I don't know if he's going to run track his senior of high school or not. But to have a linebacker prospect be the third fastest in a sprint event in track and field, which is usually reserved for either guys that aren't athletic enough to play football, or if they are, they play corner or wide receiver, is pretty amazing. And so if he can maintain that speed and athleticism um, while adding to his frame and being a dude that can – hit at you know 230 235 pounds that's pretty crazy to think about and you have almost a carbon copy of him in justin horn who's also a 110 meter hurdler very elite at that so those two in particular playing the linebacker spot with that much speed if they can maintain that and tackle well um, after putting onto their frame i think those two guys are extremely exciting prospects uh two we haven't mentioned another track star marquez uh, macho stevenson uh, another Louisiana kid. I saw today, I guess Joey's one that said it, that he potentially is going to win the 100, 200, and 400 in the state track meet in, in Louisiana. I mean, that's it's pretty impressive. And then another guy we haven't mentioned, 
uh, Kelby Valson, who I think can come in and play day one at inside or outside receiver speed burner, his highlight tape. Now, every highlight tape that gets put together for these recruiting packages is impressive. That's the point of a highlight tape. Every kid has five or six plays at this level that you could probably put out there. But the first play on his highlight tape that Texas Tech put out was Jakeen Grant. I mean, he was running backwards, forwards, sideways, around in circles, back again, and then forward. He probably ran 300 yards for a 60-yard touchdown. And then in the middle of all these huge football plays, it's just like, oh, he can dunk too. And he drives the lane and dunks it in the football package. And so that's just another point to yours, Kyle, is that this recruiting staff loves speed, mass, and two-way athletes who can come in and play and develop and aren't burnt out in football. You see that a lot in the college baseball recruiting too. They like guys who play more than one sport because you're not having all that arm fatigue or specific fatigue to what you do. Yeah, I don't know if either of y'all caught it, but but Joey was on the ESPN Plus halftime show today during the Texas Tech basketball game talking to Level and John Harris. And he was saying that I think it was three out of the five offensive linemen that they signed can dunk. And he was saying that's something that his staff looks for. Like they, if you're, cause he mentioned, he's like, if you're a guy this size and you can dunk, that says something about your explosiveness and your athleticism. And so when you can do that, that makes us really like you. And I think like, it just goes to show a lot of versatility in this class. I mean, ton of track guys, ton of basketball guys, and just athletes, a lot of athletes. Yeah. If an offensive lineman can dunk, that's the kind of guy that if he is like, pulling and he's in the open field uh, is not just going to like whiff on a block or just be taking up space out there. Like he'll go find somebody and engage and and throw a block downfield. And I I think I have this right. So of confirmed like official track times uh, among the new big 12 teams. So excluding any prospects committed to Texas and OU, I think you have four of the six fastest 100 meter dash guys that signed today to any big 12 school and three of the five fastest 200-meter guys of any new Big 12 school. And so you have some very top-end in the conference speed coming in. And if you can put together three or four classes like this, that's where you start to get a reputation of like, okay, Texas Tech, you know every receiver, every DB, every linebacker is going to have some serious speed up and down the roster. So exciting times for sure. Any thoughts on the Spencer the flip from UT? Good player. He's also he's also huge. I mean, again, it just goes to show that this staff really values measurables and athleticism. I think he's six four two. So, I I almost think part of it is they got a little spoiled with the Tyree Wilson experience, and it's almost like, hey, if if you just throw a giant out there on the edge, you're gonna make the offensive line have a terrible time. So let's just keep it going. And I mean, if it ain't broke, uh, I'm I'm ready to keep seeing it. Yeah, I heard a or saw a clip of one of the interviews that Joey McGuire did today, and he was like, "I want to be really careful not to like compare anybody to Tyree Wilson because that's a big standard to live up to." But this guy kind of looks like Tyree Wilson, or you know, could grow into that. So, um, anytime you're getting a, a comp like that or almost a comp like that, yeah, it's pretty exciting. 
and flipping a guy from UT is always a good thing. Yes, and I think they said uh, Spencer is going to play Tyree Wilson's spot, and then you'll have um, Crawford maybe at the other spot, the one that uh, Josiah Pierre plays. And then I did see that uh, Fatigue is going to play center, hopefully, and that is really good. If you have a guy who can come in young and get get a year or two, and he's probably a guy who plays as a redshirt freshman, honestly. Uh, but if you can have him early and then play three or four years, that's that's really good news for Texas Tech. All right. You ready for some Discord mailbag, and then we'll air some grievances? Yes, sir. Uh, diversified Lenders bringing you the Discord mailbag. They can take your accounts receivable and turn them into cash. Uh, will we have the mandated aluminum poll? Uh, no, we're just airing the grievances tonight. It's not going to be a full Festivus um, option. Uh, if you could change one thing about each gaucho, what would it be? Kyle, you can start. If I could change one thing about each gaucho. Man. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Ryan? I'd make Kyle a Cowboys fan. I think that's all I can think of. That's they, they can be like a, I can be a casual. I mean, I've got I've got the Vikings, of course, and then the Chiefs are my AFC team. If y'all don't mind me being a casual, like, yeah, if the Vikings and Chiefs aren't any good, I'll root for the Cowboys, and I'm I'm in on that. I don't have anything to change about you guys. <laughs> Vic Hinn says it's hard for Kyle to pick just one. <laughs> no, no comment, Kyle. Nope. Uh, which gaucho will get tossed out of Bell Station first? I'm playing nice today. Good. Um, I'm going – it won't be me. And, Rob, I don't think it'll be you. I don't – I've no, I've not known Ryan as long as I've known you, Rob. And so I'm just – I'm going to go with Mainville because he's a bit of a wild card to me. I'm not sure what he'll be like in that setting. And so give me Mainville. I think if it's gaucho and or picador – I do like the uh, the Steven Stevens option if we're taking Picadors too. <laughs> Heavy favorite. Get a little loose cannon. Uh, that old Steven Stevens. Uh, the people miss Grouchy, Kyle. Uh, start bench cut feats of strength, and this is for Kyle. Uh, fighting a bear, fighting a badger, fighting Rob. I want no piece of a badger, so cut that. Uh, I'll bench starting a bear because it depends on the species. If it's a black bear, that's easy. Grizzly, another story. Uh, no qualms at all about fighting Rob. That'd be an easy one, so I'll, I'll start that option. Uh, who will be the first picador to tap out at Bell's? So that's different than getting kicked out. I hope nobody's tapping out that early. Maybe, maybe in the victory party if somebody's tapping out. Yeah. Uh, and I that might be me. Because not... we're only going to be there till like 7 at the latest. Yeah. So hopefully people are well-behaved enough to that point. I'm not as good as I once was. But I was good once. <laughs> as I ever was. Um, here's a grievance from Hunter. He says, I would like to air a grievance with every single person who told me that Matt Campbell was a transcendent, excellent coach. He is mid- 
Not sure you're, if you're airing audience grievances. If you aren't, here's a free one. Nothing without Purdy and Hall. I didn't know we had K-State fans in the Discord, but apparently we do. Uh, are we due for a football and basketball uniform redesign? Football, yes. Basketball, yes. I think it's been a it's been a dry last couple of years. You've done some good things with the throwbacks. I I don't love the grays in any sport. That's just me. And then the white the white jerseys that you've had for the past two seasons with the big red letters that just say Tech. Those are terrible. Those are terrible. I hate them. You don't like the white I, I, the three D red? I do not like those. No. I don't mind them. I like all three. I love all three basketball throwbacks. You've got the Darvin Ham era, the Andre Emmett All Blacks, yes. and then the the whites from the the nineties. Um, so I, I mean, I'm a I'm a level the bevel guy. Not to give away our grievances before we air those fully. I don't. I would have no issue with with Texas Tech uniforms at all if they wore the all black Andre Emmett's at home and then the all white throwbacks on the road. I guess you'd need a red one in there too, but. Uh, football, yes. This is season number 10 of what started Cliff's first year. Now, you changed a little bit of that piping on like the shoulder. You just moved it to the side. I, I mean, but it's the same It's the same template, and they were bad 10 years ago. We've been through a decade of bad football uniforms. We need a new base uniform in football, absolutely. Uh, they say Minister Mainville is preaching. Picadors are hyping me up. They are. Gas them up, boys. Uh, please at least just increase the tiny Texas Tech font across the chest. Yes, the, the football. If they just went with the throwback black uniform that they used this year, and if they need to use the 3D double T, use the 3D double T on it. But that uniform with the triple stripe looks way better than anything else they put out, or the double stripe, whatever it is. No chevron. No Chevron. Which five new Big 12 teams are set up for the best success in football in the new Big 12? I've got my top three. I'm the one that asked this, but I, I wanted y'all's opinion. Do you want me to give you my top three and then y'all go from yeah. there? Uh, TCU, just because of success this year, and they just got eight four-stars. Uh, Texas Tech, I think, is next, though. And then I would say Kansas State. Kansas State inching toward a top 25 class. They've been on the verge of winning Big 12 championships with 40 and 50th ranked classes. So I do think that they are in a good spot with Kleiman. And I think Dykes and Joey are in the best spots in their respective schools too. So I would say those are the top three. And you could probably rank them in any of the three order that you want. I would agree with those. I think Oklahoma State... West Virginia are in a bad spot. I think Cincinnati might be in a bad spot. Ooh. I think they um, signed seven today. Do what? I think they signed seven players today. Yeah. Because the fickle coaching change. Well, and their, and their coach was mediocre at Louisville. So I think I think some of the newcomers have potential. I think UCF and BYU have a lot of potential just as far as like program infrastructure. So maybe I'll tack on those two as newcomers to the three that you mentioned and call it good. Now, now that's like a long-term, like three years from now, four years from now, what are we saying? Yeah. I'll go TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas. With Leipold. 
Yeah. Okay. I will. I will be very interested to see if Kansas can replicate and grow, because their recruiting was also bad. We got a question about Houston in the chat, and until Holgerson is gone, I'm out. Sorry, Dana. I agree. Why would any in-state prospect with other options go to Houston at this point? Like if you're the caliber of football player that is offered by Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, or Texas or A&M, why would you go to Houston? Is UTSA in a better spot than Houston? I would argue in the AAC. Uh, Dana lost the locker room this year, they said. Impromptu start bench cut, OG Grinch, Jim Carrey Grinch, CGI Grinch. Start Jim Carrey bench uh, cartoon cut CGI. Agreed. Uh, would you rather love it get a minor league hockey team or a minor league baseball team and stadium? Give me hockey so we can play uh, Texas Tech hockey on the ice. You can go to Amarillo and Midland for minor league baseball. Ryan, are you a hockey guy? I'm not. I, I grew up going to Stars games because it's just down the road, but yeah. But I feel like hockey's got to be the pick, just because Amarillo. You know, it's only two hours away. They got they got a nice nice little ballpark there. Even Oklahoma City, that's a bit of a drive, but you, you still got good baseball options there. So I think I'll take hockey. Yeah, and hockey is a sport that like Texas Tech doesn't have NCAA sanctioned, so. Hockey would give the people of Lubbock something new and different. And much like we found out with soccer this year, Kyle, live professional sports at any level are fun and exciting. And I think, well, I know hockey would be a big hit here because it was uh, back in the 2000s. Uh, start bench cut McGuire's first recruiting class. I'm guessing this first full recruiting class. Leach's best recruiting class. And then any class between 2010 and 2022, you're going to pick 2011. So start bench cut, Leach's best class, McGuire's current class, and 2011. Until I know more, I'm starting 2011. <laughs> yeah, it's too hard without on-field production from this class yet. It, I mean, it's just impossible to look at it in a vacuum. I'll go with, I'll start Leach's best class um, I mean, C Crabtree and Harrell, uh, well, they weren't the same class. Um, that 07 class, or 05, 05 class of Graham Harrell? Yeah, I feel like if we comb through those classes, we could find a group of guys that came in at the same time, and like we look back on them as, okay, there was a lot of all-conference, yeah. really good dudes there. If you just look at 05, that's got to be those offensive linemen in 08 and a bunch of that that you could probably look to. Yeah, with, I don't know if Darcel McBath was a redshirt senior, but if he was in that same class with Harold and the offensive linemen and some of those guys, they'd, they'd have a pretty strong case. Yeah. And again, production versus rankings. Is yeah, lot. now three, four years from now, it could very well be this one, but we'll see. What's your favorite Discord emoji? Slowpoke. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm not talk. online enough, and so I'm the one getting slow poked, and so I hate the slow poke. I love the timer. 
lots of new lots of new uh discord members will like dm me or message me be like hey has this been put in the discord yet it's like don't fear the slow poke man don't fear yeah, you just got to go into uh, it go into it the, hot the often referenced keith patrick from red raider dugout i think we've re- he, referenced him in every episode he's tried to go around it by asking has this been put in here yet i'm like no 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 you can't it's all or nothing or it, like, or today he was like, "Oh, I came here to say that exact same thing," and I slow poked him. He was like, "No, that doesn't count." I was like, "Yeah, it does." That's the whole ethos of the slow poke. This one, we're gonna have to think about this one a little bit. I'm assuming this is non-Texas Tech and probably every level. Uh, but let's stick to college football first, and then maybe give an NFL one. Top three football games of the year. Uh, the Big Twelve Championship was was pretty good. That was a great game. I would say the Texas Texas Tech game was my favorite Texas Tech game. Um, with the overtime and the back and forth, the Houston game was was a great finish, but it wasn't a great game to me. Agreed. That's how I feel about Oklahoma too. Even yeah. the comeback was so crazy, but you just looked so bad in that first half. Until the last like three minutes. Yeah. Which yeah. did you say we're sticking with college only? Well, and then I just thought we could think of some college games, but. Um, the TCU Oklahoma State game, I thought was a highlight of the year. That was a good one. Um, Bama Tennessee in the chat, mm-hmm. that was a great game. Uh, obviously, the Texans Dallas Cowboys game, just because I was there. Uh, the first USC Utah was good. That one's from uh, Delta Mike. Vikings Colts, largest was, comeback in NFL yeah. history. I was waiting on you to say that one. Which, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'd like to narrow grievance on the current football uniforms. Too many complicated and contrived stripes. I'll allow it. If Bowman lands at a Big 12 school, which Big 12 school does Bowman land at? I feel like that was kind of a woodchuck chucking. Yeah, sick him. I could see that. Or Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State, yeah. Yeah. But do you bench your son for Alan Bowman? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Gunner Gundy. Start bench cut. Your son or Alan Bowman? <laughs> I mean, those are the only two, right? Yeah, I don't know who else they've got on the roster there. Uh, they've got Garrett Rangel. Head coach Neil Brown said that he was not going to go after a transfer and he was going to put it between the two young guns. Yeah. Um, Garrett Green and I'm blanking on the other guy's name. He got some playing time in their last yeah. game because Garrett Green got hurt. I want to say Mariucci, but that's not it. It's some Italian name. It's not Mariucci. It's something like that, though. Maraschino? Nope. <laughs> something like that. Uh, Star Bench Cut, Reese's Cup Christmas Trees, Candy Canes, Peppermint Bark. I'm starting Peppermint Bark. Same. Um, cutting Candy Canes, and I'll do the Reese's in the middle there. Those are the best Reese's but I would start peppermint bark. There's something about that uh, peppermint and chocolate combo. Starting Reese's, cutting both of the other two. Not a peppermint guy. Not a peppermint guy. Okay. And then Chase also clarifies that this is his wife's question, so don't come at him, I think is what he's saying. Wait a second. He said his wife wants wait, wait a start bench cut this one. His wife doesn't pay for a Patreon <laughs> membership. Are we allowing this? Yeah, I think we should allow it. It's Christmas. Okay, all right. Uh, because I want to know your answer. Uh, eggnog, cider, 
hot chocolate. Start hot chocolate. I'm going to bench eggnog. I used to not like it, but I've been, uh, I'm a big coffee guy and I've been steaming it and putting it in a latte like I would regular milk. And that's been really nice lately. And then I'm cutting cider. Not a huge fan, but it, it's not, not terrible, but it, it's going to have to get cut there. I'll start hot chocolate, bench cider, cut eggnog. I would start cider, bench hot chocolate, cut eggnog. I'm not a big milk guy, but I, I will have an eggnog once in a while. I don't like milk. Look at me. I wish you had, I wish you had tweeted that so I could do the make it a quote. I'm not a no. big milk guy. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, and then start bench cut is the final one. Oh, thoughts on green chili peanut brittle. I've never had it, but I would try it. I don't think so. I'm I'm cutting that. And then start bench cut bro B R O Bro B R O U G H and Bro B R E A U X. Cajun. Start the Cajun. Bench the regular. Cut the last one. Yeah, I'm I'm trailing Mainville on that one. Same. And I think that's bra or something, anyways. Brow? Bow? The bow will break. The cradle will rock. Attaboy, Rob. Cider supremacy. Thank you. A bruck, they say. Wouldn't it be pronounced bruck? Uh, all right. Just in case we need to, Kyle, if there's a catastrophic injury that stems from our grievances, do you want to tell the people about Barnett Howard and Williams? Yeah, you know them. You love them. Our Gauchos After Dark sponsor all season. Uh, sorry, I just dropped my phone on my laptop. Screwed up the ad read, but what's new? Um, BHWLawFirm.com, a trio of double Texas Tech grads. They do all kinds of stuff. They do family law, criminal defense, catastrophic injury, certified for Title IX student litigation, which is kind of unique among law firms in the state of Texas, as I understand it. They hope you never need them, but they are here for you if you do bhwlawfirm.com barnett howard and williams sorry i'm distracted <laughs> have y'all seen tom Izzo's fit tonight yeah yes i commented uh, on one of those that he's an angry elf is that in game day threads on discord it should be i don't know that okay. it is i think it was in game day thread with game day threads linked in the message there's some overlap on some of these um you got to figure out the right channel to post it, but okay, yeah, that's pretty funny. Anyway, Barnett, Howard, and Williams, shout out. It's a great sweater. Uh, all right, how do you want to do these? You want to rotate? Do you want to? Do you want? I have a list. Do, Ryan, do you have a list that of some grievances you want to air? Nope. Ryan has no grievances. So Kyle and I, do you want to go back and forth? I have five. Yeah, I, I have about five, and and Ryan, you can think of some on the fly or or weigh in on our grievances. And, you know, maybe it's something that aggrieves you or maybe it doesn't bother you. And I love it. Do it that way if you want. All right. I'll, do you want me to start, Kyle? I'll start. Uh, using slow-mo yeah, slow replays to decide football games. The game is not played in slow motion. If you want to have replay, ruin sports, go live time replays. If you can't see it in a live action replay, you don't need to see it. Slow-mo replay, that's one of my grievances. 
I'm with you on that. I also have a policy that if on the very first replay in my living room, I can tell with 99% certainty what the call should be. One, it shouldn't have been reviewed in the first place. Two, they shouldn't spend the next 10 minutes doing what you're talking about, going freeze frame on it. There's a thought that you should just have five guys in a bar somewhere in America. And if they can't, now I hear the echo you were talking about earlier. If they can't make it, if they can't make the decision within five minutes or just say, hey, what was this? And they just make the decision. That's how you need to do the replay. Just five guys in a bar. Yeah, maybe in Omaha. Yeah. Somewhere in middle America. Yeah. Um, I'll air this grievance. It's a timely one. And we don't have to rehash anything. We don't have to throw anybody under the bus. The recruiting efforts of past coaching staffs. Because we're not talking like a bad class or two. We're talking like years and years of, we're only going to sign four defensive players this cycle. And I guess just hope that that somehow works out for us when all of our peers are signing 15. Or we're going to bring in six offensive linemen over the course of three years and hope that that works out when we should probably be taking almost that many every year. Um, I never, ever, ever once believed the lie that you can't recruit to Lubbock or it's hard to recruit here. Why? Because, one, I love Lubbock, and 40,000 students are recruited here to not play sports, and they seem to like it just fine. But, two, every other sport had guys in the NBA draft lottery, Final Four-type players, College World Series-type players, Olympian track and field athletes. They all came here, so I just never bought that. And I feel like maybe some past coaching staffs lean into like, well, it's difficult. We're going to have to do it a little bit differently. We're going to have to reach on some guys. And so that's a grievance of mine. I'm, I'm a little bit bitter about how that was handled in years past and glad it's no longer handled that way. I love that Joey said that in his press conference today, that that myth is dead. Uh, number two, people using over, under, wrong, or not setting a total. Um, it's not a personal grievance. It's just something that happens quite a bit. Uh, I'll give you an example. Someone bringing up like, Hey, over under Jalen hurts plays against the Cowboys. <laughs> it's like that. That's, and I, I know what they mean and I'll answer, but look, not everyone gets the, the gambling <clears throat> lingo and I mess up sometimes too, but just over under. And if you're going to give me an over under, Set a total. Set a, Don't just say, hey, over, under, uh, games played. It's like, okay, give me three and a half, and then I'll pick. But I'm not going to set a total and give you an over. Yeah, a lot of times they're just asking you to handicap it. They're like, hey, what would you set the over, under as? Like, well, you're just asking me what my prediction is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you on that. You'd have to say, like, over, under, half a game played by Jalen Hurts this weekend, if you wanted to do it right. Yes. Um. Okay, my next grievance is behind a paywall guy because there are people on Twitter that want to consume stuff for free. And even if it takes you hours and hours of like compiling data and information and publishing it, he goes, behind a paywall? Like, yeah, I want to be compensated in some form or fashion for doing all this work for you that you can easily digest and consume in 10 minutes. And it's not that much for me to ask $5 a month for something like that. And if you don't want to give it, that's fine. But I also don't want to hear your sermon about why you're not going to give me $5 a month. 
not begging for it. It's just how it's set up. Give it or don't. But yeah, creating stuff takes work. And in any other form of work that somebody completes, you usually pay them in some form or fashion for it. So I don't like behind a paywall exclamation point question mark guy. Like, yeah, it's behind a paywall. How often did you get that uh, working at the Dallas Morning News, Ryan? Because I feel like they get that. Evan Grant has that conversation every day, I feel like, on Twitter. Weekly. And then the emails are, are just constant. But I love it, Big J, Kyle. Keep it up. Well, and it also chaps my hide and grinds my gears because we put out multiple episodes a week. And so we're not just like hiding like, hey, you either pay up or you get nothing. Like you have hours of free content from us, but then also it took me like days and days to compile this random ESPN2 TV data that nobody asked for. And like, that's pretty valuable information. It's not just me talking. And so like, yeah, we want a little bit of compensation for that to reinvest in stuff like better microphones. And so I, I don't really understand why people get up and on. And also it's not like a hundred dollars a month. Like we're asking for pretty much the smallest amount that you would ever pay monthly for anything. And again, if you don't want to, that's fine. I just don't want to hear about it. Big Hen has committed to $30 a month for all your hard work, Kyle. So congratulations to Big Hen. Big Hen's goat status, just like he was already goaded and it just keeps going up and up from there. All right, my next one, Tyree Wilson's face mask at TCU. I'm still peeved. It changed the entire course of the game. And piggybacking on that and i know i have two officiating grievances now but it seems like every week we talk about one game where the officials decided the contest um you saw it colts vikings not colts vikings what was the game this weekend uh the ram the rams whatever it was at the end of the game where the guy just grabs his shoulders and holds them down and they don't call the was that a bowl game? No, now I don't. I don't even know. It happened so often. I don't even. I can't even recall the. the but there was like a, an offsides they called, or didn't call. Oh, and then the guys lined up on the line of scrimmage, and the ref points at him, and then grabs his flag. Like, oh, and it snapped. I'm gonna throw this flag. I didn't really say he was good. Like he's just ump show. All the ump shows grievances. Let's end it. All right, the folks wanted grouchy gaucho. Here's one. My next grievance is when a co-host interrupts an ad read three times and then listeners come to his defense when the interrupted is understandably aggravated at being interrupted. Can you read my second one there? Uh, Kyle not letting me help with his... (laughs) That's what you call it, letting me help. That's my grievance. <laughs> Ryan, we need you to weigh in as a, as a third-party um, observer here. My favorite part of the ad reads are when phones drop and hit, hit hot mics. I've been known to do it. Oh, man. I, I, knew, that, I knew that that was going to be one of your uh, grievances. So I, it, It's I really counter- not even... Okay, I don't like being interrupted, but especially virtually, you know, there's like... I feel like the audio goes one way. So I can't hear you. And that's the problem. Like if we were in person, I would be able to process what you're saying while I'm talking and it would be no big deal. But I have to stop and go, what was that? 
And you're like, oh, no, nothing. I'm like, well, if it was nothing, then just shut up and let me finish the ad read. But now my compl- my sentence is broken up. My train of thought oh. is gone. So just like give me 30 seconds here and it'll be over with. Yeah, I'm just uh, bro's trying to create the radio banter rapport that he has with Hyatt. That's all we're doing. And then furthermore. I thought we had chemistry, Kyle. When we do, but then people are like, yeah, why is Kyle so upset about that? I'm like, well, I'm trying to. It's aggravating to be interrupted, like period. And so it's not even just that I get it; it's that I get like no support from the picadors or the list. They're like, "Yeah, why is he being so mean to Rob right now?" Like, no, y'all should be taking my side. I was interrupted. Oh man. Uh, Steven Steven says we'll all pay thirty dollars just for the laughs and to watch Rob fiscating and Kyle splaining. <laughs> all right, I've got one more. Uh, since I just gave the Kyle one, do you want to go again or? I've got two. So yeah, I'll go real quick and then I'll end it after yours. Uh, my next grievance, a little more lighthearted. And by the way, I'm going to let it go about being interrupted. That's the last I'll make a big stink of that. My new year's resolution, which we'll have a whole episode on new year's resolutions. Maybe is to be less grouchy, (laughs) less grouchy, more gaucho. Um, my next grievance is people who are not coming to Bell Station. That's Texas Tech fans that are there for the Texas Bowl. We might have a Houston fan that we just accidentally ratioed who was like, hey, Tech Twitter seems kind of cool. Maybe I'll go to Bell Station. And then uh, our friend Joe Goodman from Our Daily Bears, I think he's coming in his Baylor garb. And so anybody who lives in Houston who listens to this podcast, we would love to see you at Bell Station. We're doing a live show at 4 o'clock. Um, it's steak night from five to seven, uh, drink specials, all that good stuff. And then we'll caravan over to NRG from there. So would love to see you at bell station. I've got a grievance. Go for it. It's against people who think that, uh, if you're a fan of a program that you can't enjoy or appreciate other fan bases or other programs, like it's really crazy to have somebody post a billboard in Houston and be like, why is this here? And if you don't know Texas Tech, it doesn't make sense. Uh, But I think once you see the fan base, how wild we are, uh, it's a ton of fun. And I think people like that, that can, that can, you know, join the fun. That's a good time. I think we're like Grayson Allen or Lance Stevenson. If you're on our side, you love us. But if you're against us, you absolutely hate us. And what I mean by that kind of is like our in-state rivals, they hate our fan base. And like I can understand why, even though I don't agree with them, obviously. But the more further removed programs like Kansas State, Iowa State, they love us. And they're like, why do TCU fans, Texas fans hate you guys? Like y'all are so cool. And I'm like, yeah, we are, but they can't stand it. And so I actually felt bad for ratioing that guy because I just replied to him. I wasn't like quote tweeting him to like sick all of our followers on him but i guess enough people saw it and then like he got ratioed like that tweet had one retweet and three likes when i responded with the it's all west texas meme and it blew up after that but he he was a good sport about it and i think he he was like oh gosh i'm getting ratioed like i'm not in on this bit anyway he handled it well he had like 2000 likes too so he got some play uh, update, people who wear tech gear to Bell Station will get the drink specials. Sweet. Final one from me. Uh, Kyle, you hit this one earlier, and I thought you said it well. 
but those low-down, dirty scumbags with the cheese it Bowl who picked the seventh-place Big 12 team for the second-best non-power uh, New Year's Six Bowl to have the name and paperclip dummy logo of OU just so they could play against Florida State. They're not even going to field a team. They're 10-point underdogs. And I don't know what Texas Tech would be. Texas Tech isn't ranked either. But OU being in the Cheez-It Bowl is a travesty. Oklahoma should be in the Armed Forces Bowl where they belong in nine-degree weather in Fort Worth. Only going to correct one thing you said, minor correction to make your point even better. They tied for seventh in the Big 12. They didn't even win that outright. They're tied with West Virginia and some other three and six team. I don't know. Can't. Um, yeah. So, anyway, we should be doing gauchos at Disney World next week, but instead, well, we're still going to be having a great time in Houston, so it's hard to complain. But, point well taken. My final grievance is simply the bevel. It doesn't look better than your old logo. Your uniforms with the flat double T look better. Level the bevel. That's my final grievance. All right, Mainville, final thoughts? I've got a grievance with how cold it's about to be. I'm a, I'm a big winter guy. Not a summer guy. I'm a big winter guy. But it's about to be like six. And that that's not okay with me. Um, so... Very, very much grieving the the temperature change that's about to happen tomorrow. I've got one more grievance, actually, on the fly. When I'm speaking, I have two choices, to either read the comment that pops up and destroy my train of thought or ignore it and then wonder what y'all are laughing about and if it's directed at me. And so I think in the second half of this episode, I did a better job ignoring them, but it has gotten under my skin that y'all are chuckling, and I'm like, did somebody say, hey, Kyle's an idiot in the chat and I didn't even see it or what's going on there? All right, I've got a grievance on the fly. Someone blame just hypothetical, someone blaming other people for not being able to do- uh, multitask. Uh, and, and not blaming say, anybody. It, well, this seemed a little blamey. Well, I'm sorry that do you, you to took bring it, it back that up? Okay. See, there's Kyle lighting there. I'm sorry you're upset, Rob. Yeah. Uh, it says I say double the bevel. Yeah, I saw that one. So in the future, hypothetically, do you want the comments to just pop up when you're not talking? Can y'all can y'all pull up the comments? Can you? No, because I saw Ryan reading them earlier. No, I can't. But, you but can I'm not on them. Twitch right now. But can you see them? When you pop them up on the screen, yes, I can see them. Oh, can you see them in Streamyard or do you see them in Twitch? Oh, Ryan, you can see them, them in Streamyard. Yeah. Kyle, you just I... need to pull up the maybe over there on the right. Is there a section yeah. that says comments? I, I'm not even saying it's a problem that needs to be corrected or we need to change our course of action. I'm just saying it's a reality of the world we live in that, that I have I have two less than ideal choices to make, which is okay. in the back of my mind, worry that y'all are laughing at me or to make an incoherent point as I read the, which is usually some stupid comment that isn't about me. And it's about something we mentioned like three minutes ago, but it is distracting nonetheless. But I like it. Okay. I'm glad we do it. I, I just I just need to do a better job of dealing with it. That's how I would have said it. If I if I had brought up the grievance, I was positive I would have said, that is not how you would have said it, Rob. I would have said I need to be better about focusing and keeping my train of thought when comments pop up that are hilarious and I love them from the listeners. 
Uh, all right, let's invite the Twitter sphere to give us grievances. If you're watching on YouTube and you've made it this far, comment below your grievances. Smash that like button. Hit subscribe. We're the gambling gauchos. Go yam on that subscribe button. Do either of you guys watch Family Guy? Yes. Do you know the like, what's up, guys? I'm Corey. Yeah. I forgot what Stewie is doing. He's in like a life or death situation. And he's like watching a YouTube video on how to whatever. And that's like the first 45 minutes of the YouTube video is, what's up, guys? I'm Corey. Make sure you smash that like and subscribe button. Hammer. Are you ready for a comment, Kyle? Yeah. Uh, Big Hen says it's on me, Kyle. I'm sorry. I love you. It's not on you, Big Hen. Uh, I'm taking the blame. I need to do better. Also, there's a question that's big of you, and I I appreciate that about you, Kyle. Don't sound so surprised. Uh, Phase three, does that produce uh, come with a producer to pop up the comments and run the board? I would love to have a producer. I mean, with as many people as we have griping about a $5 a month paywall, we would need to up the ante to afford a producer, and I don't feel like the people are going to go for that at this juncture. Maybe that's phase five. I I skipped a question in the Discord mailbag. Um, We will announce phase three in the next podcast. Are you good with that, Kyle? That's kind of an executive decision. Yes. It might be the podcast Uh, after next. It won't be till the new year, right? In one of the next two podcasts, we will announce what we've been talking about with phase three. Not counting the live show. In one of the next three podcasts, we will announce what phase three has been all about. Uh, Lux, uh, Chase wants us to announce it at Bell Station. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Maybe. Otherwise, phase three coming to you in three episodes from now. One of the two. Uh, a grievance with TCU's uniforms. They look like a bunch of Black Panther cosplayers. I Agreed. do. I don't understand what the diamond is around the neck. I like it, but... Is it is supposed, it supposed to, look- to be like the ba- the bearded thing on the frog's head? I think so. I get Like the horns? It's like a reptile thing. I guess. Uh, so do y'all want to go 15 more minutes to make it two hours, or are y'all done? <laughs> hey, I'm off, man. I'm, o- I'm on Christmas vacation all the way through the third, so... Christmas vacation. There's another grievance. Yeah, well, that movie sucks, but. I'm a little disappointed Mainville didn't have any more grievances for us. Is that a grievance? I guess it could be. (laughs) Ryan, do you feel like we argue more than you thought we would when you signed up to be a gaucho? Yes. (laughs) I think the arguing has escalated recently. Once you bring a child into the mix, there's usually uh, more emotions. Yeah. See, now, I got railed over the coals for trying to say that Kyle and I would be a couple, just like a partnership, and now you keep calling us parents and Kyle's just going along with it. I was also going to jump in and say we don't argue, and then that would have just been an argument, so I stopped myself. <laughs> that Okay, that's a grievance of mine. Big man, what, what, big, big credit to me for stopping that. Yes, but I will... This is separate from what you just said. This is another grievance of mine. When somebody hits you with the, well, you just like to argue. You have two choices. Say, yeah, you're right. Or, no, I don't like to argue. And then you can argue with them over whether you like arguing or not. It's it's a tough one to to combat, I guess. And Kyle does, I just, for the people, Kyle doesn't argue. He just presents facts with vigor. 
That's all he does. That, that's true at times. That's not all I do. But I do. Is that an argument that you're making that. that you don't do that? Yeah, I'm pushing back against the idea that that's all I do. Oh, man. Grievance against the city of Fort Worth. Multiple reasons. Well, uh, the correction. list is about to grow longer, am I right? Fourth worth. <laughs> Fart worth. Uh, Texas Tech is closed the rest of the week. Did you all see that? Negative 15 degree wind chills. T- okay, so let's say ERCOT fails. Hypothetically. Oh. Tomorrow afternoon. Do they play the bowl? Like, what kind of national embarrassment? I know we don't do politics, but what kind of national embarrassment would the state of Texas be if they can't get a bowl gone just because it's cold? I would say it's it's a day game, right? Or is it at night? It's a day game, but all the concourse and stuff is... Yeah, and scoreboard, I guess, too. Play clocks. Yeah, that'd be tough. I mean, didn't they used to play football before any of that was around? That's true. Uh, but, Chase says move it to Jerry World, but if I mean if we're if we're in a brownout, we're in a gridlock because of ERCOT and it's nine degrees. Surely they'll pull out all the stops to get to get through the bowl games. I'm still on uh, SPP, so I'm not on ERCOT. So best of luck to y'all. You know SPP. You know me. All right, I don't have any more final thoughts. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Kyle, do you have final thoughts? <laughs> I was going to ask you. My grievance was going to be that uh, I get put on the spot for final thoughts and I never have anything planned or profound, but I should, again, it's on me. I need to do a better job in the in the show prep, which I do I so much of every time we record. I ask you that every, we've done 150 episodes, Kyle. What do you mean put on the spot? <laughs> I just, I just said I need to do a better job prepping and I shouldn't be caught off guard by it. But no, I have no profound final thoughts. Um, I just wish everybody... A Merry Christmas. And I just hit my laptop when I was moving my hand and probably made a loud noise on the mic. Oh, I thought you were doing that on purpose. That's all I know how to do. I thought, you I thought threw- we were about to have an ad read. <laughs> you threw your phone down on purpose. No, I just like flicked the bottom of my laptop here like this. Oh, man. Uh, all right. If I drop my phone, it would sound like that. M- Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to whatever you celebrate. Uh, happy Hanukkah. I think it's day three or four now. Um, Eight Crazy Nights, very underrated as a, a holiday film. I don't have any final thoughts either, but I was prepared to not have any final thoughts because we've done this for 150 episodes now. Uh, Kyle, are you unprepared to say your final two words, or can we get that out? Uh, more than two words this time. Merry Christmas. Safe travels to everybody that's going all across the state of Texas or 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 beyond this holiday season. We hope you're listening to Gaucho's podcast as you maybe partake on road trips or airfare. And we love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Those are great final thoughts, Kyle. Thanks, man. I prepared really well for those. 